Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. When I went to Denver, um, you know, I, I, I knew a little bit of football. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really know people uh, and how important that aspect um, of of this process and maintaining the culture and building the team uh, was and um, and I and I failed and I didn't you know I didn't succeed at it and so um, looking at that experience has been one of the best uh, things uh, in my life in terms of my overall growth as a as a person as a coach what do I need to do different how do I need to handle my role if I have another opportunity uh, and do better at it and. I feel like that's really a, an area that I've tried to grow in with our staff um, in New England. Um, you know, our offensive staff working together, collaborating, supporting one another, uh, impacting them, serving them, helping them grow as coaches, as players, uh, with our with our with our guys. Uh, you know, that we're coaching. So um, that's the biggest. I would say that's the biggest area for me, uh, and I know how important it is as a head coach to be able to do that. That's the new Raiders uh, head coach, Josh McDaniels, talking about uh, the struggles that he had uh, as the head coach with the Denver Broncos, what, 12 years ago or so, um, 33 years old at the time. And there's, a, you know, he's, he's not making excuses, but he's giving valid explanations and owning it and taking all responsibility for it. You know, when he, when he was talking about the whole, you know, knew some coaching but didn't know the people end of it. it every time I hear uh, that, I keep thinking of Kobe Bryant when he first came in in the NBA. Kobe Bryant came in in the NBA with a goal and an objective to be the greatest player that ever played the game, which was a noble and, um, you know, uh, righteous type of a goal. Who I mean, that's that was his goal. And he wrote basically a script for himself to become just that. But early on, he forgot to add supporting cast members and he just thought he was going to be able to run through every wall and every person in front of him to chase that goal and to to make that objective come to fruition he didn't write in the co-actors and and the supporting cast it wasn't until later on that he realized god man you know he was just so singularly focused on achieving and be being the best ever which that's noble. Who doesn't want a player that that's literally what their goal is going to be and they're going to work as hard as they can to become that? He just forgot to add other characters in the script, and it cost him. You know, And people, trust me, You know, early on in his career with the Lakers, there were teammates that had issues with Kobe because of that, and he evolved as a person to the point where he became one of the great teammates of all time. If you look at that second run that he had, with Gasol and Lamar Odom and Ron Artest uh, and so on and so forth, um, and you would, and if you heck if you talked to uh, Derek Fisher who was there for both, left for a little while, came back for the other half of the of Kobe's career, he'll tell you uh, the 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 difference in in Kobe as a person and as somebody that was more grown up and more willing to accept the help and the fact that other people have to be part of that. And so when you look at Josh McDaniels, who didn't quite grasp that element in his first go-around uh, as a head coach, because this is all about everybody kind of rowing in the same direction, everybody doing their job, everybody buying in, everybody has a role. And you have to reach people and connect with people 
in a way that creates a comfort level and a trust for them to do their thing, knowing that it's going to be appreciated, it's going to be acknowledged, and they're going to play harder and play better, uh, and just it, the, the whole thing is going to be better because of that. At 33 years old in his first go-around, he didn't quite grasp that, and that's okay. Some people get it. Sean McVay at 31, got it, man. <laughs> that dude got it. I, I always say this, too. If you're talking about basketball and, you know, who's better, Michael Jordan, you know, Magic Johnson, and, and I was there for both. I always say this. If I was starting a team from scratch, I still would take Magic because at 19 years old, and that's how old Magic was. When, this is the difference between Magic and Kobe and Magic and Michael Jordan early in his career. People forget. Took, took Michael Jordan seven years to win an NBA championship. Took Magic one season. One season. You got something to say? No, I was just going to say pump the brakes. We get it. You're a Magic guy. We get it. Yeah, but this is why. <laughs> he understood how to. He was a um, facilitator and a guy that. When it came right down to it, when Kareem couldn't play in game six of the NBA Finals against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers because of a uh, ankle injury, Magic scores 45, uh, has like 15 rebounds and seven assists. He became that guy. He could always score if he wanted to. He knew he didn't need to. He knew he was better serving the team to play a different way. Kobe didn't get that early on. Of course, Kobe never went to college. He went straight to the NBA. And Michael Jordan didn't quite grasp that early on. Um, until a little bit later on in his career. Ron Dumar, uh, 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 Dumars, Joe Dumars tells a great story. Watching a game, you know, he was with the Detroit Pistons. He's watching a playoff game or a regular season game in his hotel room. The Chicago uh, Bulls are playing, and it comes down to a situation, and he sees Michael get the ball, um, and normally he would take it to the hole or do something. He kicks it out to, a, to one of his uh, open teammates, drains the shot. And Joe Dumar said, I looked at whoever else. We're in trouble now. <laughs> He's starting to get it. He's starting to understand it. And then the whole world changed, you know, for Michael Jordan. Um, you know, so not everyone gets it right away. And that's okay. If you, as long as you, what have we been talking about? Learn from the mistakes and grow and evolve uh, and be better and get better. And if Josh McDaniels is earnest and being honest about, the changes that he's made or the evolution that he's made to get to this point now and to be able to look back and say, I know what I did wrong and I'm determined to make sure that that doesn't happen again. In fact, over these last 12 years, I've worked very hard and that's no longer the case. That's not who I am. I'm not that same person. If that's the truth, if that's really what's going on, then this has a chance to really work well. If it doesn't, if he's just, you know, putting words out there, then it won't. (laughs) That's kind of the uh, you know, uh, bottom line of it all. Uh, so we'll see. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Bernard is on the line. How you doing, Bernard? Hey, Vinny. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. Hey, I just want to chime in on a couple of things. With the Raider fans, man, we just we just want them to get it right. Yeah. And as soon as we heard Josh McDaniels, I think everybody just thought about the, about the Patriots, you know, the tuck rule and all that. And that, that, that was just the team that they happened to be playing that day. And I was say I was the same way. A lot of my old time, you know, Raider friends. Soon as what you think about Jabba Jam? No, no, no. I hope not. Hope not. So I said, you know what? Let me take a, a step back and just look at it from a strictly football point of view. And I just looked at his resume and looked at all his accomplishments, and I said, man, this dude has the best, you know, um, accomplishments of anybody out there. So why wouldn't you want uh, want to hire a guy like that? And then hearing him talk and hearing Dave Ziegler talk. Um, yesterday, 
I think the Raiders did a really good job, and Mark explained how he went through through the process. They really wanted to get, you know, um, he said synergy. And when you look at it, I think that's what he finally got. The, the few times where he had to get a coach and a general manager, it just never seemed like things was really, like they were on the same page. And right. those, look at the organizations that have that, those are the organizations that are succeeding. And we just going through this every few years, it's just not going to work. And then you look at their ages, 44 and 45 years old, they're, they're best friends or, you know, really, really good friends. And it just seems like this really has a, a better chance of working than not working. And one of the guys brought up earlier about the Khalil Mack and trading Amari Cooper. They had to do that. As great as those two players were, the Raiders were scraping, barely getting to made it to the playoffs. One, and our deep, the defense was horrible still, you know, every year. Even with Khalil, Khalil right, Mack, exactly. And then, and then you brought up, yeah, they they did that trade, those trades, but we didn't capital. They didn't capitalize on the trade capital. You know what I mean? We 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 let those players go, but what did we get in return? Right. And it's so very similar to when Al Davis traded John Gruden. We got a bunch of trade capital, and we they did nothing with it. And then they was in the doldrums uh, again. Let me ask so you I this, Bernard. Say, who's who's your NBA team? Do you have an NBA team? Uh, yeah, I'm Bay Area, so I'm I'm a Oak, I'm a uh, San, San Francisco Warriors I'm, now, but Golden State Warriors. I'm glad Bay you Area, said that. All, all the Bay Area teams. I'm glad you said that. All right, mm-hmm. so um, during the, during you know a few years ago or so, uh, the big Western Conference rival was who? The Oklahoma City Thunder, right? Oh yes. Okay. Yes. Are you how happy were you when the hated Kevin Durant from the hated Oklahoma City Thunder said, "I want to go play for the Warriors"? Of course, you would take that, right? Oh, yes, because so many times players would come to the Warriors just for the paycheck or whatever. And we would get players that, that really didn't want to be here. And then you, we get one of the best players in, in the whole league. I was elated. Didn't matter where he came from. He, you know, like no. back in my day, if Larry Bird had said, yeah, I want to go play. And as hated as Larry Bird was in Los Angeles. And he wasn't hated as much as he, he just was feared. All right. There's a difference. But you but you sometimes hate what you fear. All right. But had Larry Bird at one point just decided I'm going to go play with Magic Johnson. And Lake, Laker fans would have been they would at first maybe go, oh, I don't. Then they would have realized we're talking about Larry Bird here. Now, I'm not saying Josh McDaniels is on that level. I'm not saying that. But yeah, sometimes have to push aside your, you know, uh, fandom against another team and say, hey, if this person is going to come in here, Kevin Durant, and help the Warriors, his bitter rival, win some more championships, of course you take that, right? You take that even though he was part of one of the bitter rivals, Oklahoma City Thunder. So, you know, again, not comparing Josh McDaniels. It's more the concept of it all. You have to sometimes, as a fan, take a step back. And who cares that he comes from the Patriots or the Broncos or the Seattle Seahawks? It doesn't matter. He's a coach that could help you guys get to the next level. Whether that's going to happen, and and you said, you you hit the in the head. It's better chance than not probably at, at this stage of their of both Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels career, the experiences that they've gone through, the learn the lessons that Josh McDaniels has learned, the evolution, all of that, it just seems like this has a chance, a better chance of working than not. And honestly, at the end of the day, that's all anybody can really hope for. Because this is all a gamble. There's no certainties uh, in life, especially in sports. It's either going to work out 
or not. It's either going to get the Raiders to the highest point, uh, and as Mark Davis pointed out yesterday, that's winning Super Bowls, or it's not. Um, but where he came from and what's really happened in his past, I don't think ap- applies except for the fact that you just hope that he has truly um, learned from those experiences. And it sounds like he has. And in, but especially in talking to – I talked to somebody in the NFL today uh, talking about how – um, much he has grown, but also how smart he is and intelligent he is. And I think that that's going to come through uh, as well. I think that, you know, a guy like Josh McDaniels, it's not just, you know, the the the, the old school kind of football coach. I think there's also some, um, you know, uh, genuine intent. And we're seeing that more and more uh, in the NFL uh, and in sports in general. The analytics looking at things differently. It's not just three yards in a cloud of dust. It's not just, you know, rub some dirt on it and you'll be okay. We all evolve. The game evolves. Strategy involves information. More information becomes available. Are you willing to accept that new in, um, uh, information or are you just going to reject that information? It seems like this group is more in line with being as enlightened as possible, getting all the information that you uh, can can uh, gather as possible, and then making your decisions based on that. Not shutting yourself off to anything. You know, analytics, some of it might work. Some of it might um, apply. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's meaningless. Sometimes it's extremely useful. But you, bo- it behooves you to at least look at it and consider it before you decide whether to apply it or reject it. But just rejecting it because that's not the way it's been done, that's a mistake. And those type of, of closed-minded people, the game usually passes them by. Life usually passes them by. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Sean is in Baltimore. How you doing, Sean? Hey, how you doing, Vinny? Good, good, good. I don't, I'm a diehard Raiders fan, man, but I don't care if he came from Kansas City or New England. Raider fans gonna forget if 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 he take us to the Super Bowl or the playoffs, they won't even think about Rich no more. Yeah, Rich Rich was a a good story, and yes, he should have been a coach. I'm not, I'm not gonna say shoulda, but he he had an opportunity. But if you can upgrade at any position, you got to do what you got to do, man. At the end of the day, it's all about winning games. And if Josh gonna take us to the Super Bowl, Raider fans gonna be forget who, about Gus Bradley and everybody else. Yeah, and it's nothing against anybody either. Um, you know, I I just think that if you're if you're if you put yourself in Mark uh, Davis's shoes again, we talked about this yesterday. This wasn't a situation that he asked for or even anticipated. This was a situation that happened, man, out of the blue. John Gruden, the guy that he was counting on being here for what another six years or so, uh, based on the contract, somebody that he had given all power to to get this thing right. All of a sudden, he's no longer uh, around, and that wasn't anything that the Raiders anticipated, uh, planned for, anything. But what it ultimately provided, Mark, was an opportunity to say, okay, we're here. We're at this point right now. The leader that I had invested in and believed in and handed things over to is no longer here. So what can I do? to see if we can make this even better and push this in a, to a higher direction. And this was the decision that he made to go in this direction. And so out of dire straits, out of a situation that nobody anticipated or saw coming, Mark Davis 
decided this is an opportunity to get this thing even further. Now, it might have, with John Gruden, happened organically, and uh, the same success that they may have from this point forward might have happened under John Gruden. We don't know. We'll never know. But at, but because of that certain because of what happened because of that situation that occurred, it gave Mark Davis a chance to to make some changes and to move in a different direction. And this is the direction that he opted to take. It sure seems like it's got a better chance of working than not. But at the, right as we sit here, February first, twenty twenty two, that's all anybody can really you know say. Either you think that it's not going to work, and that's your belief, and that's fine. Or you feel like, you know what, this has a chance to maybe work here, a better chance than not. And we're all going to find out together who was right and, and who was wrong. Back out to the Raider Nation listen line. Anthony is on the line. How you doing, Anthony? Hey, thanks. Uh, thank you for taking my call. You got it. Uh, I just had a quick question. Um, I heard a scenario earlier that it was like a 20 to 1 or something that Garoppolo comes to Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> my, my question is... Um, what is the probability that Trey Lance starts and uh, for San Francisco, and what are the chances that we that San Francisco could possibly land Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, considering they're both NorCal guys? Okay, so you're saying what are the chances that San Francisco gets Aaron Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers or or Tom Brady, either of the two coming back home. To like, no, 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 yeah, Tom's done. Uh, I don't believe that he's coming back. I think uh, at 45 because he's gonna. He's going to take the foot off the gas here now, and it's going to – if he ever decided down the road – it's one thing if you're Michael Jordan at 35, 34, and say, yeah, I'm going to come back and, you know, strap it back on and put the foot back on the gas. You're at a different point in your life physically. If you're Tom Brady and you take the next three months or so to just do what you want to do now rather than what you have to do, it's good – and he decides four months down the line, yeah, I think I want to come back, unless he was – kept the foot on the gas, which is hard to do when you don't have that carrot in front of you, um, it could just rapidly get away from him. So I think he's done. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, uh, the, the Packers have some decisions to make. Aaron Rodgers has some decisions to make. Could you see him going back to San Francisco, uh, the team that notoriously didn't draft him and drafted Alex Smith instead uh, back in, what was it, 2003 or, or whatever it was? I it could, um, or do they give it to Trey Lance, the rookie that they drafted uh, last year, uh, you know, and, and uh, are, are definitely trying to develop and, and get on the field? We'll have to wait and see. If that's if the, if the 49ers went out and got – here's what I will say. Man, the 49ers are a heck of a football team, man. That was a difficult defense that the Rams beat uh, on, on um, Sunday. And you think about what the – what the Packers did, or excuse me, what the 49ers did going to Dallas and shutting down a high-powered offense then going to Green Bay. We saw what they did against Aaron Rodgers. If they get a legit quarterback, it's going to be it's going to be difficult for teams in the NFC as long as that the rest of that group stays together. The Raiders getting Garoppolo, I think it's an easy connection. Yeah, Garoppolo worked with um, Josh McDaniels. We all understand that. We all know that. I don't see it, man. Devon? As a Raider fan, you should not want Jimmy. You're right, Garoppolo. and I, I, I think Jimmy's, you know, uh, a stand-up Average. dude. 
yeah, and and you know he's he's done he's done well by that organization and right by the fans, and they have an extraordinarily high winning percentage when he's on the field. Go check what the yeah I don't care. He's a very good looking average quarterback. I'll tell you this right now: if Jimmy Garoppolo was ugly. I don't think people would like him as much. Well, let me ask you this: why <laughs> why haven't they won um, when they've had to go to their backups? Because the backups stink too. Stink too. Yes. Stink too. Yes. He doesn't stink. Okay. Well, they're not as bad as he. You, they're they're way worse okay. than he is. You know, like people were talking, you know, because it's like, oh, Tom Brady, um, one of the guests that Q had on the show. I can't remember which one because he three, doesn't stink. But we're, it was just no, no. A, if Tom Brady to... gets the ball back with two minutes left in the game. You're like, this game isn't over. You watch the game, 49ers, Rams. When the 49ers got that ball back, did you think? Rams were in trouble. Did you think Jimmy Garoppolo's about to march down the field like the gunslinger about to clear out the town <laughs> not in the Western? Not necessarily, but not also because I felt like I saw fire in the eyes of Aaron Donald, and they turned it up a notch. If it's a different team, yeah, I mean he. Okay, but yeah. I feel like there are some quarterbacks where you could be like, oh, they're their best player. It's just like, well, right. they're going to have to make some plays. Yeah, I'm just. Let's say, I, like, I let's just say if I, the Baltimore I, Ravens were playing the Colts. Yeah. You didn't automatically think, oh, Peyton Manning's about to fold because Ray Lewis is standing right. across from him. Right. You think this might this oh, this is gonna be an interesting drive here. I'll I'll probably, like, I feel like that was a well, we know how this is gonna and end. And I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback. That's what I'm saying too. Flat yeah. out better yes. than Jimmy Garoppolo. So I don't know why anyone would want Jimmy Garoppolo is the point I'm making. I think somebody's gonna want him. It's gonna probably be a not fourth if you're or fifth the Raiders. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. And I don't know why. I mean, I guess I know why. People are playing connected dots, Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh McDaniels. Uh, but always remember the Patriots did let him go. They know what they, you know, what what, what they are trading. An average quarterback. Um, I'd say above. I would say I don't. I would say average. I think he's a little bit above average. Okay, I so think he knows are, how to win game. I think he knows how to win, help win games. People are saying like Derek Carr is at least top twelve. Let's say top twelve. Not according to Hondo. Don't, don't get me started. Hondo talking about top five. I think we all were like, wait, what is he talking? What's Hondo talking about? Top five, and he, he did. He did Jimmy tr- try to qualify to it and top, say top five yards. If you had to do a but, top anything, is Jimmy Garoppolo in your no, top 20? Uh-uh, no. Now, I, here's, here's, I mean. You know what I'm saying? He can win on a good team. And especially but if that's he's healthy, big, and he hasn't yeah, been healthy for a little while. But that's a big while. caveat to have to have of like, hey, it's like like on a basketball team, if he was just like, hey, man, Chris Paul can lead a team to the playoffs if he's got all the right pieces around him. Right. Well, jolly, well golly gee, uh, how many players could you say that for? If it's like, How many players would be like just god-awful even if like less, all the players around them, less, are, yeah, I, I, I would say this: it's coaching. less than you think in terms of quarterbacks that can team pretty far. It's less than you think. Okay, he won one more game than Ryan Tannehill, but we even saw Ryan Tannehill. Where but just look like, at just look at what they've look at his record. What is his record? He's above five hundred. No, 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 I know what, all that. What I'll is look, it? Okay. What is it? Like it's 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 not as easy. I, I think we're over um, stating. We can make the same case for Jared Goff, a guy you used to cover. But what happens? Yes. And then, like, well, obviously, then he goes to a bad situation, and it's terrible. No, but I'm making the case for let's get this guy out of here, and let's get somebody yeah, that Matthew is a top. Stafford let's is, get a top yes, ten quarterback in. I yeah, but just because you're not top ten doesn't mean you're not you're garbage either. Like we're talking about, I think it's less than you think that people, thirty-one and fourteen. Yeah, he's won. Kyle Shanahan's done a great job, yeah, I, but, but they don't go out and but, get Trey Lance for no reason, right? And 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 go look at what the record is. Look at just say Kyle Shanahan without Jimmy Garoppolo, what the record is at that point. Obviously, you can't just stick anybody in there. Like he's not a bat. He's not a terrible quarterback. The quarterbacks that replaced him were terrible, and their record is really bad when Garoppolo uh, is isn't isn't in there. So when you get a chance, uh, check check it out. 
Okay, in the first season after he was a full-time starter, they went 2-6 and six with Nick Mullins under the helm and 1-1 one and one with C.J. Beffert. So in that season, they went 3-7 and seven okay. without Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. In that same season, they went 3-3 three and three with him. We're just going to go season by season. Okay, yeah, yeah. It says it. Just just Google it because it says uh, there's people have done this stat before. Just say Kyle Shanahan, 49ers record, without Jimmy Garoppolo starting. When you get a chance, just type that in there. In the in the meantime, we're going to go out to Sal, who is on uh, the listener line. Sal, how you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on, Benny? We're doing good, man. Hey, yep. I think uh, you know if you step back and you look at this this coaching situation, I think it's a great fit for not only Josh McDaniels but for the Raiders. I mean, um, if you think about all the success he had in the in the in the early days with New England, uh, the way the players that we have. Now on our offense, I'm speaking uh, strictly on offense. I know uh, we are like maybe an X receiver away. Um, that if we bring somebody in that can fill that role uh, with the tight ends that we have and with Hunter Renfro, it's always it's just almost as like you know when they used to run the offense through Hernandez and through Gronk and through um, what was the other guy that used to run around for them? Um, Gronk, it was like Renfro. Oh, uh, so like Julian Renfro, Edelman, Wes Welker. Julian Edelman. So if you think about it in that aspect, they had a lot of success for that. And I think I think Josh, he sees that, what we have. And I think that he that's what drew him more to us. Uh, and I think it's going to be a perfect fit. Like I said, like everybody else says, I, I think we're going to have to wait. And uh, once we see the success that, you know, I think is coming, then everybody will jump on back on the wagon here and, and get back behind this guy because I really think we're gonna we're gonna have success. I really think it's gonna be a good move. I think it was a good move for us, and I think that uh, once he gets in there and we get that other receiver, and you know we gotta you know we gotta solidify the the, the other positions that yeah, we need for sure. to, on defense and on the line. But you know we're not that far away, and I think that's the reason why everything's gonna work because like Mr. Davis knows. He don't want to tear down. He wants to add to this team, and he knows that he can work with that with Carr. I think it's going to be a perfect fit. Yeah, and we're all going to figure that out together, but there's no doubt that where they are right now uh, is in a pretty good place to go even further, especially with the right leadership. And we'll see if uh, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels represent that right leadership, but it feels like it does. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson, New York. Uh, brought to you by Tequila and Bajado Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. And when we come back, Rich Ornberger, who uh, played for the New England Patriots, played in the NFL, knows Josh McDaniels. He's going to shed some light on the Raiders. New head coach Rich Ornberger is coming up next. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Tuesday, the day after the big day. Josh McDaniels, the new head coach of the Raiders, Dave Ziegler, uh, his partner in crime, back all the way, going, going all the way back to John Carroll University. And by the way, if you ever um, have a few minutes, go Google John Carroll University and the NFL. It's uncanny how many NFL coaches and general managers uh, that school has developed. I know I uh, spoke to uh, Tom Telesco, who is another uh, noted uh, John Carroll University uh, alum, and he's like, you know, it's something we're really proud of. Uh, they must have some secret handshake or something, or something's going on uh, over at that uh, small, I think, think it's a Division three school in, in Ohio, that it's been able to produce uh, as many quality NFL head coaches and general managers and scouts and uh, on and on and on. There's something going on uh, 
uh, in University Heights, Ohio. And maybe our next guest can shed some light on that. I know he can shed some light uh, on Josh McDaniels um, because he knows him. And we're talking about Rich Ornberger from uh, Fox uh, Radio and also a former NFL player, played for the then San Diego Chargers, played for the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick. Um, uh, Rich, first of all, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. How are you doing, my friend? Doing really well, Vinny. Uh, glad to be on with you tonight. And, yeah, you know, I got an opportunity to overlap with Josh McDaniels in New England for uh, a brief time. It was after he had, uh, I think the staff had been canned in St. Louis when the Rams were still there. And before he took over officially uh, the, the offensive coordinating duties for Billy O'Brien before he left for the Penn State job. Right. He was an offensive quality control guy from my final season in New England, so we got to know each other a little bit. Think about that, Rich, for a second. Here, um, Josh goes from being this hot shot offensive coordinator to the head coach of the Denver Broncos to the offensive coordinator of the St. Louis Rams to an offensive quality assistant coach back with New England. That's kind of a humbling experience, uh, I would I would have to imagine, uh, for somebody that felt like, I'm sure, uh, the career was headed in a whole other direction prior to leaving New England for Denver. Uh, but can you talk about sometimes how – Sometimes you have to be humbled, whether it's life, in the NFL, coaching, whatever profession you're in, to end it, and maybe take a step back and reassess and try to learn from the experience. Well, you know, it's actually good timing that Tom Brady retired today with that question you just asked me, because if you think about it, the reason why Tom Brady ended up being so great wasn't because he was handed a tremendous amount of God-given ability. I mean, that guy was not an athlete leaving college, and frankly, he never really amounted to much of an athlete in the NFL. But he was an unbelievable worker, you know? And how many times was Tom Brady humbled along his path? I mean, you know, you just think about finally getting an opportunity to start in college in Michigan, um, at the University of Michigan, and he ended up having to share time with, uh, you know, at the starting quarterback position. You You think about having all these thoughts of playing in the NFL one day and almost 200 teams pass on you. I should say 200 picks pass before you're selected. And then when he finally is taken, um, it's in the sixth round after six other quarterbacks were selected prior to his selection. And he has to earn his way onto the roster. That's a part of the story that people don't even remember about Tom Brady is the fact that you know, it wasn't guaranteed that he was going to make that roster in New England. He started out as the fourth stringer. He was lucky he didn't get cut during training camp, but they saw something in him. And so back to McDaniels, when you, when you think about being humbled, when you think about giving something a shot and failing, or maybe not being appreciated for your skills or having a lot to learn, life is such a process. And so I, I know it, you know it, everybody has this feeling the first stab you give at something, oftentimes you'll fail. But if you're given another opportunity, another chance, you won't make a lot of the same rookie mistakes you'll make the first rattle out of the box. And so it's very possible, like we've seen in other circumstances in the NFL, you know, failure to launch first time doesn't necessarily mean that the second time around it's going to be a failure. 
Rich, um, one of the things that Josh talked about yesterday was, um, you know, hey, when I went to Denver, and I, I have to give him a lot of credit because he acknowledged um, the elephant in the room before we even brought it up to him uh, as question askers, which obviously we were, and we, we circled back to it. But right off the bat, he brought up his experiences uh, in Denver. And, you know, one of the things that he talked about, and I want to ask you why this is so important uh, but he said, look, when I went to Denver, I knew a little bit about football, but I didn't know enough about people and that part of it and, and the importance of connecting with people at that level of being a head coach and why that was so critical. And I want to ask you as a former player, why is that so critical? And what's, he, what's, he really, what's the essence of what he's talking about when you don't do it compared to when you do do it? Well, everybody's had that experience with the college professor or the high school teacher who you've connected with, and yeah. everybody has that experience with the you know the high school teacher or professor you didn't. And oftentimes, you don't even really remember necessarily what subject that teacher was was teaching you. You just remember the guy or the lady who had a passion for something and had an ability to articulate it and you know connect with you personally and and help make their passions interesting to you. You know, everybody gives Bill Belichick a hard time because of his delivery. And, and I understand, like, it's way more muted when he talks to the press than when he talks to his players. But when he gets in front of a squad room, in front of the entire team, and he's trying to make a point, he connects to you. He gets you involved. You know, he understands what makes you tick. You know, he, he helps you understand and sometimes it's using the carrot. Sometimes it's using the stick. That really varies depending on, you know, what time in the week it is, what time of the season it is, you know, how good or bad of a practice or a game you just had. But Josh McDaniels, when you're an offensive coordinator for, for your entire career, or, you know, you're an assistant coach, I should say, for your entire career, you're only in control of, say, 30 or 40 guys on a football team. Right. And really, you're, you're – your job kind of ends with, hey, I'm just, I'm just writing the game plan. I'm just conveying the message to my assistant coaches, and it's now their job to go and connect with these players. You know, it's, it's a little bit more antisocial when you're the coordinator. When you're a head coach or when you're an assistant coach, when you're a position coach, like a wide receivers or offensive line coach or a linebacker coach, you got to connect personally. And I think that that was the learning curve he had a hard time catching up to when, you know, his first opportunity as a head coach in Denver. We're talking to Rich Ornberger. Uh, you could follow him at O Ornberger, at, or excuse me, at Ornberger. Um, he played for the Patriots. He played for the Cardinals. He played for the Chargers. He's now a host uh, on uh, Fox Sports Radio, also an analyst for San Diego State football uh, and an NFL analyst uh, over at uh, NBC San Diego. Rich, you know, I know we're, we're, this is the Raiders, and it's Raider Nation, and they're very protective of that. So even this next question that I'm going to ask might uh, rankle some Raider fans, but that's okay. Um, you know, one of the things that became pretty apparent yesterday was Mark Davis talking about lifting something that was going on um, in, in New England, the Patriots' way, the Patriots' way of doing things, and bringing it here to the Las Vegas and applying it to the Raiders not any disrespect to anyone else that was doing anything here in, in, in Las Vegas or with the Raiders or any other team, but there's a certain thing when you hear 
Patriots way. You lived the Patriots way uh, back in the day um, as a young football player. When, when we hear Patriots way, what does that make you, a former Patriot, think about? Well, one of the echoing cries that you'll hear uh, in that building and, and frankly, am, among the fan base now because it it really kind of escaped just the the walls of the facility over there in New England and it's it's gotten out into the public is that that one very simple phrase do your job like and and it's one of the main takeaways that I have you know carried with me not just you know from a football standpoint but in my life as a parent you know as a as a now a broadcaster, you know, you really, life gets pretty simple when you just focus on your task. What is your task? If you're accomplishing your end of the bargain, then there's no confusion. You can be depended on. Uh, you, can, you can honor uh, a contract, right? You know, if you have a, a, a deal with an employee or a client or an employer, like you're, you're going to have a lot of success if you finish your task. As a husband or a father, I mean, it's applicable everywhere you look. And it's just one of those things that's so profound, but it's also really, really simple. And I think that gets taken for granted other places that I went. You know, sometimes sometimes when you have a first-round, you know, offensive lineman playing next to, you know, some veteran who just got signed in free agency, the first-rounder will get blamed for nothing and, you know, they'll, they'll shield him from criticism and they'll handle him with kids' gloves. Like, that was not the case in New England. Everybody was accountable to do their job. Nobody's beyond criticism. That included Tom Brady for the 20 years he was there. Belichick made no qualms about making an example of Brady. So if everybody's on the same page, everybody is executing their job to the best of their ability, you're going to have a really effective football team because when you put that combination of 11 players on the football field executing all at once always is the goal. You know, obviously you can't have that 100% of the time, but that's the goal. Man, you can build something special. So I think that's what Mark Davis is talking about, and I'm sure that was the pitch from Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler prior to getting this job. When we talk about um, that, dis- the decision making process. Um, when we go into the you know upstairs of the building and the and the, the that side of the building, where obviously Bill Belichick had a big say in that as well. Um, and so that's the side of the building we're talking about in terms of Dave Ziegler. But I'm sure there's synergy between you know all facets of the organization in New England. It's there's no question who has final say uh, in in personnel matters. It's Bill Belichick. Here in Las Vegas, it will be Dave Ziegler uh, now. But do we make too much of that and not enough of what I feel like usually happens in situations where everybody's kind of rowing in the same direction, pulling uh, on the rope uh, in the the same direction? Those final decisions are usually the result of a consensus that gets formed and a process that where, yes, Bill Belichick and now Dave Ziegler here in Las Vegas will make that final decision. But usually the final decision is made long before it's actually made. Yeah, well, everything you just said there is true, and I think it's the best way to move forward as an organization when everybody, and I'm going to steal another uh, phrase from New England during my time there. I had an offensive line coach named Dante Scarnecchia, and he used to always say to us 
as an offensive line unit, look, we all need to be seeing this thing through the same set of eyes. So it doesn't matter how we get there, whose idea it is, what word we're going to use to describe whatever it is we're trying to execute on the field. As long as we're all seeing it through the same set of eyes, that's the goal because we're an offensive line unit. You know, the right tackle can't get the job done without the center. The center can't get it done without the left guard. Left tackle can't even do without the right guard. You know, we're all a group, This the five fingers that make a fist, right? Yep. Well, you apply that to the front office and the head coach. They need to be as synergistic as uh, uh, an offensive line group. They need to be seeing it through the same set of eyes. And if they don't, you're going to run a foul. So, yeah, there's going to be disagreements, of course. There's going to be a lot of debate when they're talking about player personnel and shaping out a roster and who makes the most sense to bring in your building. But as long as you're keeping your focus on the culture that you're trying to build and you find talented, hardworking, intelligent players who can, who, can, who can survive what you're asking them to do on a daily basis, well, then you're going to have success as long as those players can execute the game plans. And so, yeah, the first step is finding somebody who can, you can work with and work well together with. And I think this pairing makes a lot of sense for the Raiders. Yeah, uh, I do as well. Rich, I could talk to you forever uh, about all this stuff. Uh, but I know you got to go, and I know we got to go, uh, unfortunately. But you know what? Thank you so much, man, for spending some time with us in the huddle. Truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, you know that. And uh, be well, and we'll talk down the road, my friend. Sounds great. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, Vinny. You got it. That's Rich Ornberger, who played for Josh McDaniels and obviously Bill Belichick uh, back in the day, not too far, not too long ago, uh, out in New England, shedding some light on the Patriots' way and what the Raiders can expect in Josh McDaniels and how the thought process and decision-making process might go down with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. You're in the huddle with Vinny Montanier, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Our thanks again to Rich Ornberger. Hope you guys like that. Uh, shining some light on the New England Patriots and Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and what they may be doing here now uh, in their new jobs with the Raiders. Josh McDaniels, the new head coach. Dave Ziegler as the new general manager. It's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out. By the way... Uh, I know my listeners love dogs. Who doesn't like uh, dogs? And um, have you ever thought about French Bulldogs? And you're going, Vinny, French Bulldogs never really even, maybe maybe you did, maybe you haven't. I don't know. But all I know is this. They're wildly popular dogs, and they're known for being sleek and great city dogs. They have a playful and intelligent demeanor, uh, known for their adaptability. They love people. They love kids. They're a great family dog. And you're saying, oh, why are you bringing all of this up? Well, because if you've ever been thinking about shopping for French Bulldogs, Frenchies as they're called, or considering it, whatever the case might be, Raider Puppies are now here in Las Vegas. Uh, and they are all AKC, AKC registered. They've received all their certificates of health. Uh, they're surrounded by love from day one. Um, they're just great dogs and great family pets. So if you've been thinking about a French Bulldog, Look no further. Please contact my friend Mary uh, over at 702-374-5040. She'll get you set up, uh, hooked up, everything. She'll be there every single step of the way, including after you walk away with your beautiful new puppy uh, and go take it home and start taking care for it. If you have any questions, uh, Mary is there around the clock to have uh, everything and all the bases covered. So give Mary a call, 702-374-5040. So, um 
you know, Damon, we only have a couple of minutes here, and uh, obviously Tom Brady made it official. He is now retired, and uh, man, I just I just think about how long he did it when he won his first Super Bowl, which was what twenty oh one, right? Somewhere around there. Yep. Twenty years Kobe ago. and Shaq were together. <laughs> Winning championships in Los Angeles, and Kobe was just a young whippersnapper, uh, probably like 21, 22 years old. And think about all that's ha- like, like how long that career went. What is your, if you were to come up with the one Tom Brady moment that really just you know resonates, what would it be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I'd have to say the catch, David Tyree. Okay. That is. I mean, the, for, no, okay. No, okay. but I mean, I I thought That's the Patriots. I thought the Patriots were going to win that game. Yeah. Hey, what was it? Nineteen and zero going in. Yeah. I thought this was that the was best Randy football. Moss. Yeah. What was I? Eleven years old. I thought that was the best football team I was ever going to see. Right. Tom Brady and, and Randy Moss broke all the receiving Crazy. quarterback records that season, and to see them lose, yeah. I remember. I picked I up. Think, I remember. I had Burger King that day for that <laughs> Super Bowl. Uh-oh. I remember it all. Like it was nice. very vivid. For me, um, I'm going to say really kind of the most recent. The fact that he left New England. And won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. I mean, let's be honest. Tampa Bay has been a blip on the NFL radar for a long time. They've just been kind of a, uh, all right, you know. He left New England and went and won a Super Bowl the year after, or that same year. It was just crazy. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Thanks to everybody, Rich Ornberger. Uh, thanks to DeMond Cotton. Thanks to all of our listeners. Great calls today. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila in Bajado, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Check you guys out tomorrow. <laughs>